as we sing those songs this morning about heaven, and especially this last one about sing to me of heaven, our thoughts are heavy this morning as a church because the past few days, death has come knocking on the door of families in this church once again. And that's hard. While we have that hope and we have that peace that they're in a better place, it's still hard and we still grieve. And our prayers are with Sue Johnson and her family. And well, didn't you miss Evelyn this morning as you walked through those doors? Her handing you the bulletin. I'm just reminded of how faithful those two servants have been all their life. Serving God, serving one another, doing it with a smile, always going out of their way to do whatever it takes to just serve. I'm going to miss that in them, but I'm so grateful for their godly example. One that all of us need to be thinking about and need to imitate in our own walk and I know many of us do that. I'm thankful too to this man right here who Keith Bowman who has led our singing today and who on very short notice last Sunday uh, stepped in and filled in the pulpit for me while I was sick still trying to get my voice back but maybe one of these days I'll find it. Uh, I know to the church that's pretty good news, but last week, I mean, it would have been a growl. I told that to Clint Gage this morning. He said, you know, sometimes we need to hear a growl. And so uh, hopefully I can do a little more than a growl this morning. But uh, Keith, I appreciate your heart and I appreciate your love for this church and uh, your willingness to step in and do whatever it takes. Well, how many of you participated in Black Friday? Raise your hand. Now you got to be honest, the topic this morning is patience. Since I didn't get to do it last week, I'm going to do it this morning. Keep your hands up if you participated in Black Friday. Now, Gay Spencer is so honest. So, I mean, she's got her hand up way high. Now, here's the real question. How many of you lost your patience on Black Friday? And nobody's, oh, look at there, Cynthia, thank you. <laughs> we have one honest person this morning in this room. That's good. Black Friday is surely one of those things that will test our patience, uh, if nothing else will. But isn't it interesting that when we talk about patience, we often refer to it as being impatient. We say things like, you're trying my patience or my patience is wearing thin or I'm just about out of patience with you and so much of that has to do with our use of the word patience and it actually refers to us having a lack of it. And so a key question that I want us to look at this morning from God's word is simply this, how does God provide the help that I need to deal with all this stress that comes in my life. And so when you start looking through scripture, you begin to realize pretty quick 
that the Bible is full of stories of how patient God was with people. We even look at that now and we would say that God is patient with us. Amen? You look back and you see how patient God was with people. Look at, look at the history of God's people throughout the Old Testament. Look at how God laid out this plan for them and this wonderful life and this way of coming to their rescue and, and their deliverance and being able to give them something that they had never had before. And some took that and then a lot of folks just said, ah, I don't know about that. And they walked away. And even though they walked away, what does God do? The same thing that he continues to do throughout history. He's patient and he's loving and he's kind, and through all of that, he shows that favor to us. And then I'm mindful of Luke chapter 15. Turn in your Bibles there for just a moment. In Luke chapter 15, you have the parable of the lost son. And there in about verse 18, it says, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son and so now, instead of an attitude back in verse 12 where he says, Father, give me my share of the estate. I mean, give it to me right now. I just want, I want my inheritance right now. Just go ahead and get it over with. Now the attitude is, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. And instead of give me, notice what he says, make me like one of your hired men. And so he got up and he went to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son, he threw his arms around him, and he kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him, Put a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet, bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast, let's celebrate. In other words, we're going to have a party. Because here was somebody that was lost and now he's found. And all of that time, what is the attitude of the father? <coughs> he is as patient, waiting on him as he could be. Hoping and praying that he would come to his senses and that he would come back home. And when he did that, from a distance, the compassion was already there in his heart, wasn't it? And he did everything he could to help that son realize, <coughs> you're loved. And we're going to celebrate the fact that you have come home. And so when you think back, on your own story and <coughs> your own life, can you see that God has been patient with you? And yet there's all these scriptures <coughs> that remind us of how patient God is with us. Listen to this one in Proverbs chapter 15, <coughs> verse 18. A hot-tempered man stirs up dissension. But a patient man calms 
a quarrel. And then this one, Proverbs chapter 19, verse 11. A person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory (coughs) to overlook an offense. And then you move down to the next one (coughs) in Galatians 5. But the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and forbearance and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. And against such things, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. The fruit of the Spirit, the fruit that comes from our life. (coughs) And Paul says one of those is being patient with each other. Paul continues the thought in Colossians 1. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we've not stopped praying about you and for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you can live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience, giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. Look at verse 11 again. Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you can have great patience and endurance. And Daryl, I want a hug for you. Thank you very much. So that we can be holy people living in God's light. And then in Colossians chapter 3, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion and kindness, and humility, and gentleness, and patience. So it's not a, I need to think about having this. (coughs) This is a fruit, this is a virtue that God says you need to have as a part of your life. (coughs) And not only do you need to have that, but you need to clothe yourselves with it and let it be radiant in the life that you live and then you have in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 2 in the letter that Paul writes to the (coughs) church at Ephesus he says be completely humble and gentle be patient bearing with one another in love the great love chapter in 1 Corinthians 13 what does Paul say love is patient love is kind again it's that virtue that we clothe and that we put on every day of our life well in scripture when you go back and look you have a greek word called macrothemia and it's often translated into english as our word patience 
Well, that Greek word is a compound word, and so you take macro, which means long or slow, and themia, which means anger, and you put the two together, it carries the idea of taking a long time to burn with anger. Again, that's our translation of what it means to be a patient person. You take a long time to burn with anger. In other words, it's the opposite of having a short fuse. It's the idea of not getting upset or getting mad or getting irritated over little things that are so much a part of our lives. <coughs> but you stop and think about it. How often do we let the little things get to us more than ever? We do, don't we? <laughs> I'm being really patient right now. <laughs> wow. This is kind of fun promise you this was not in the script <laughs> thank every one of you it is miserable not being able to get a sentence out you can tell I haven't talked much this week because now that I'm talking it's really starting to come back and hurt I don't know where I was something about you have a short fuse with people I don't have that right now because you're showing you're showing so much compassion and love and I appreciate that but do you, do you see just from the scriptures that we've read, this is the life, this is not just an option, this is what God wants us to be about and to partake of in the life that he gives us. And so patience is this God-like quality, as God often described in scripture, as being long-suffering. He would put up with people that the rest of us would probably just say, nah, I don't think so, and we would get rid of them. But as Adele Bastravo said, patience with others is love. Patience with self is hope. And patience with God is faith. And so what we strive to do as God's people every day we pray that we can grow and we can mature in Christ. And so as we do that, we see more clearly why his timing on things is perfect and ours is not. He knows best when we need something. And therefore, what he does in our life, and sometimes <coughs> we have to wait on this, and this is where the challenge comes. We wait on God's timing. Because we realize that when it's from God, it's His will, and it's going to be good for us, and He wants us to wait on that. Otherwise, if we just jump in and we just do something on our own nature, how often have we done that only to realize, oh, if I would have just waited on the timing and the hand of God before I move forward with that. All of us could tell stories of that this morning. But again, we have a God who is so patient with us 
And what he wants us to do in return is to show that patience to one another. Enduring in patience and trusting Christ helps us see growth in our trust of our Creator and His ways and His timing and even His outcomes. And so waiting on God always provides the strongest finished, bringing the ability to see circumstances as He sees them. Now let me say that again. Waiting on God always provides the strongest finish, bringing the ability to see circumstances as he sees them. So look at it like this. <clears throat> when we want to grow in our bodies and we want to do better and we want to get in shape, one of the things we do besides maybe run or walk or jog or whatever, we begin to lift weights. And when we begin to do that, we stretch muscles that we realize that we never had before. And those muscles start to hurt. But the pain is really growth, isn't it? But what we have to practice is endurance. And so look at patience that way. It's that spiritual muscle that grows stronger as we quietly wait for God to bring the answer. And sometimes we have to do that a lot before the answer comes. And even then, sometimes the answer is not what we would have written out. But it's God's way of reminding us, I'm in charge, I'm in control of your life, and I believe this is what's best. And we have to practice patience on how we receive that and how we look at it. Ecclesiastes 7 verse 8, the author of Ecclesiastes sums it up and he says it this way. The end of a matter is better than its beginning and patience is better than pride. And if you look at the Hebrew author, he reminds us of how important it is to be people of patience. In chapter 10, verse 35 and 36, do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you've done the will of God, you will receive what he's promised. And so sometimes what we have to do in our life as we take a look at God in Scripture. And then we take a look at our lives. We begin to realize we need a different perspective. We need a different outlook on things. And as Philip Brooks says, we need a change of perspective. And he says, the trouble is that I'm in a hurry but God isn't. We're in a hurry, but God isn't. And then you hear that voice of God from Psalms that says, Be still and know that I am God. 
it take patience sometimes to be reminded of that? Does it take patience to slow down and to realize we need to wait for God? And so patience does a couple of things for us. It allows us to see what God has given us. And he's given us a lot, hasn't he, church? We're blessed people. And we've been reminded this past week as we celebrate a spirit of thanksgiving, it's not just one day where we stop and say thank you, is it? It's every day of our life that we live a life of thanksgiving before God. And it should be every day of our life where we offer that thanks and that praise to him in the way that we live. And so patience allows us to see what God has given us. Patience allows us time to then give to others. You think about it. When you slow down and you take time for God, you're probably also slowing down and taking time for somebody else that may really need you. And so that's God being patient with us and in return as that virtue is lived out, we strive to practice that in our daily walk with other people. And so patience slows us down the space between where we are and where God wants us to be and gives him time to act through us in a loving way. And just as the father was compassionate toward the son in Luke 15, he wants us to be compassionate toward those around us. Will we practice that? You know, as kids, we learned something kind of a three-legged stool here, we learned something pretty simple to help us remember the importance that before you cross a road, there's three things you need to do. What are they? You need to stop, look, and listen. So what if we use that when it comes to patience? To stop, and realize that before we lose our patience with somebody, we just need to take a deep breath before we say something or do something that we shouldn't do. That's hard. Stop is a good thing to do. And look. Take a look at what's going on around you. Take a look at what God says about it. Get his perspective on it. And then listen. Not just with your ears, but listen with your heart. And as you listen with your heart, what is it that God is trying to tell us? 
What is it that God is trying to do in our life? Maybe it comes down to this. He's still working on me to make me what he wants to be. It took him just a week to make the moon and stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be, because he's still working on me. He's still working on me to make me what he wants to be. It took him just a week to make the moon and stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be, because he's still working on me. Aren't you grateful that God is patient with us? Aren't you grateful for that? And may we be his hands and his feet and his mouthpiece in all that we strive to be about. And may we practice that patience with others. That may be with a sibling, it may be with your spouse, it may be with a co-worker, I don't know. But I can tell you this, there's somebody in your life that you're going to need to practice patience with. Just as God has been patient with us. We're going to stand to sing a song of invitation. And as we stand to sing that, I want you to think about your own walk and the life that God has given to you. And if it's not where you want it to be and you need prayers in a public way, we stand ready to do that. But maybe you're here and you're ready to say, you know, I'm ready to stop living for myself and I'm ready to confess the great name of Jesus and be baptized into his name and to have his spirit come and live inside of us. What a joy that is. We stand here this morning ready to meet you in whatever ways that you need to come. Won't you do that as we stand right now?